This is episode 469 on the 14th of January 2022 on this beautiful Friday morning. Is this the weakest batting order for India and South Africa is a question being asked by every possible media that is the print and electronic media as well as a few questionable digital media sites i think that's not the way it works on the contrary it is the most potent irrespective of what a few few fools have to say because yes we have been so obsessed with players making runs players being like automatons that no you cannot score zero runs you have to score 100 in every match or you get a chance to bat twice in a five day match so you have to score a 100 an average of 30 is not good enough it's the same in academics an average of 30 is not good enough you have to average 98 in academics and at least 50 51 because of the benchmark set by a few individuals and then our obsession with numbers statistics or as the modern day term is data scientist that's the biggest issue there are so many data scientists who have nothing to contribute to the thing let's exploit the situation let's give on the platter to these pseudo experts and former players the fact that the current lot is averaging 30 31 i think it is not and for me it is not the end of pujara and rahane irrespective of what happened yesterday evening the interesting thing is the very individuals that is the former players in this case and sports journalists well let's not even consider sports journalists because there's no one better than me as far as india is concerned so they don't matter but because they call themselves sports journalists despite it being a questionable thing it is not the end of rahane and pujara and the interesting thing is that we all know whose end it is the very players who call, who are calling for the end of rahane and pujara on every pseudo media platform which is irrelevant and doesn't matter are those who themselves were kicked out of the team but then those players never had pedigree they don't have pedigree now also there are three four players who shall not be named because they don't deserve that mention 
they say that they are not good enough they're not averaging they don't have a good technique all those jargons are not music to the ears right now they themselves had no credibility to call themselves players they played 10 12 matches one of them played around 40 matches and then they were told out because they didn't contribute at least i didn't see them contribute so it, if i don't see them documented and contributing i don't care what former data scientists have to say it doesn't matter they didn't contribute and then when they see rahane and pujara unable to make runs that is those 100 and everything and yes 3 years averaging 30 not making hundreds and then the whole kpr situation weak batting order well maybe a few episodes later i'll tell you what a weak batting order is but it's subjective and that's the way it is it's subjective but we all know who's and it is the contemporary group of sports journalists and commentators and pseudo experts need to be sanitized and i think that's enough when i say they need to be sanitized which means a fresh batch needs to be recruited who are not antiquated who won't mind criticizing former retired players who were equally deeply flawed instead of prostrating before them all the time like we prostrate before our current coach knowing that even the current coach of the team and as a and as head coaches come and go the former coach the current coach maybe two years later there'll be somebody else who knows but if you are being specific the current coach of the team has had his flaws it's not as if he was contributing in every match in fact for that person between his first 6 years were vanilla his contributions weren't much and then one knock comes which changes his uh, life and then he goes on to become this nice player we don't know who is nice and who is not nice that's only because a few players say that he is nice i don't agree with that it doesn't work that way so let's not get to carried away by who is nice and who is not nice which means in sort of prostrating before the current coach yes you respect the player because he is gone on to become the coach he's coached the junior teams but that's the way things work so he is garnered experience but as i said whether he's a coach or a mentor he cannot do anything once the match starts he can only express himself in terms of words okay do this don't do this plan it out there's nothing more a coach or a mentor in this case can do in a sports event and special and specifically in this particular sport in other sports the coach the managers the mentors still have some skin in the game because here once the game starts once the players are out in the squared circle once they are slagging it out it's the decision of the leader on the ground who makes the decision whether it matches with the plan of the coach or not that's on the player you may have to change plans on the fly and yes you have to change plans on the fly so why do i need to prostrate before them all the time i won't i'll say that they're equally flawed i'll even say that a former former player who retired 35 years ago who's a current commentator has had his flaws not only as a player but even as 
a broadcaster, a commentator. Not all the time do the commentators say the right things at the right time. They get carried away. They discuss all kinds of superficial stuff. And then they are praising each other. As we say in Hindi, they are buttering it up, knowing that they've had their flaws, they've had their negative moments, they've had times when players, when their removal from the team was called for, but a removal from the team 35 years ago without the presence of pseudo-media and every person thinking that they had the right to express themselves because they have this antiquated device called pseudo-media. Right now, if it was, if let's say the current coach was, wasn't making runs and it was a period 20 years ago, let's say 2003, 2004. He didn't, he did, and then he didn't. But then people, maybe people wanted to express their displeasure, but they didn't have a platform. The only platform was the electronic and the print media and digital media was still in its infancy, which means all the pseudo media sites were still developing. It, it hadn't become a habit. It's a bad habit. It's not a good habit, but it hadn't become a habit where you could just type 200 characters and go after anyone and you could create a hashtag, remove him, induct him, he should play, she should not play. It wasn't there. So I can say that till 2010 when social media became a rage and was being used and abused and exploited, whoever, whoever played till that time or was in that younger days and had their flaws, they escaped. And the only displeasure that could come was through the print and electronic media. And we all know electronic media, TV channels, news channels have more important things to do than be affected by the performance of the players. And they cannot spend half an hour dissenting because there are more important news. So what is important in the news? I don't know. And then despite a good 13-1 lead, all the PED superficial media did was talk about dropped catches and praise the always weak since 1992 South Africa batting. Well, I'll discuss this on a later date. And then the thick as two short planks journalists couldn't help repeating past supposed mediocre performances which saw the team lose of this particular group. But then they won't repeat the performances before that. So they think that the current coach and his contemporaries, they had their moments when they were losing matches, but it wasn't as bad as it is today. And therefore we say weak batting order and we call for the heads of certain players and why players repeat mistakes. which does baffle me. Let's say that it does baffle me, but well, that's the way it is. So how has the match gone so far? Well, I had said that if the team was to get a lead around 270, could South Africa have chased it? No, now they're not chasing 270, they're chasing around 200, 10, 212. And then the Johannesburg chase was a fluke. It didn't work out. We saw what happened yesterday, yesterday night. 
with DRS controversies and players venting out their frustration. I just love the way they vented out their frustration. Even if they went after the broadcaster, even if the broadcaster has no role to play as far as the DRS part is concerned. And yet, I didn't mind that. Because once there are no crowds, the players will, whatever conversations they have, whether it's with the umpires among themselves or whether they are berating their counterparts, that is the batting team, this will be heard. And it's fine. But it wasn't seen as something good because it's nothing more than sustained jealousy by former players and current pseudo-experts. And then what do we attribute this to? New India? New youth? I think that's nonsense. There is no new youth in these situations. Every 20 years, a new crop rises. 20 years from now, when this group is retired and sitting in their home, some of them are, some of them could be administrators, others could be in the commentary box. I hope they will have a more mature way to do commentary and put their views. I would listen to this current lot more than the ones who are actually in the commentary box. I wouldn't mind three or four out of this particular group. And yes, you can call me biased, but that's the way it is, whether they can speak fluently or not, it doesn't matter. The current commentary lot doesn't speak fluently. It almost seems childish and juvenile the way they express things because they have nothing to say. They don't have anything to bank upon. And that's the difference. So eventually, the target was 2-1-2. And despite all the controversy yesterday, the question is, can South Africa chase it? Maybe, maybe not. For the... The last time this happened was in the 2006 tournament where India won the first match and lost the last two matches. But then 16 years ago, no one expected India to win a match, let alone a whole series. And here, there has been so much campaigning. They can do it. They can do it. The host broadcasters, the newspapers, everyone is involved. They can do it. Yes, they can do it. Okay, they were moments when they lost the plot but that's the way sport is played you often lose the plot you can talk about making the same mistakes is not contributing or weak batting orders i'll talk about that on a later date so this is what happened on day one, day one india made two india were 223 all out south africa were 17 for one and then Day 2, India got a lead of 13 runs, not enough in the context, and India were 57 for 2, and then they became 58 for 4, and then they, once the partnership was broken, there was a collapse which happened, and not for the first time a collapse has happened, and then a certain player who was questioned, why did he play that shot? Why did he play that shot? Why did he play that shot? Went on to score 100 out of a total of 198, 200. But still, he won't be put on that pedestal. Despite what records he's broken, we still are kind of uncomfortable with a player like Vishapand because he doesn't play in the traditional, proper technique, manner, he has his unusual shots, which is 
not acceptable to certain players and journalists who were still stuck in time. They're antiquated. They haven't got out of it. Yet, they look at a certain player like Sehwag as this great player. As I said, Sehwag is vanilla. Gilchrist doesn't even come in my book with due respect to what he may have done for the team. And that's my say on it. And then what happens? South Africa have a target of 2-1-2. So which team has uh, a greater chance of winning? Logic will always put it towards South Africa because they're chasing a lesser target. They have time on their hands. The pressure is on the bowling team to defend 1-1-1. And only one or two players stand between. Of course, everyone is an appreciation of Keegan Peterson. And then the whole number three comparison starts. His third or fourth half century of the tournament, the way he plays off the back foot and his cover drives and whatever shots are there. Okay, he's a decent player, but he has a long way to go. And there's still a lot to be discovered as far as this particular match is concerned. So those who who would listen to this broadcast in the evening, that is around 8 or 9 p.m., by that time, this match would be over. Whichever team wins the match gets 12 points. That is South Africa. If they win, they get 24 points overall. If India wins, they get 24 points. And of course, over 8 will play a role, which I shall talk about in the coming episodes. So, well, emotions dictate India has a chance. But looking at how things are and how things have gone by in the previous match, South Africa have a chance. We just need to get two or three players out. That is Rassi van der Dussen, who is still in his, who is still a bit behind the years player. He has a lot of time. He is still young to this particular sport. And then there's Babuma. And Peterson. So Peterson, Babuma, and Rasse van der Dussen are the players who can take South Africa to victory. They stand between India and South Africa winning the match. For India, all the five bowlers, top class bowlers. And, and as I said in the last match and overall, why were South African bowlers able to get the Indian players out and the Rahane delivery got the edge and when India bowled the same ball, it escaped the edge of the bat because of the height. I think that's an insult to the Indians. That Indians are not tall enough so they don't extract that kind of height. South Africa have a 7 foot tall bowler. 7 foot doesn't mean... Okay, yes. Marco Jensen, the surprise package of a tournament with limited experience at the age of 1920. Not the first player to make his debut at the age of 1920. And let's not get carried away. He has a long way to go and let's see what happens. But 18 wickets in this tournament. It's a good effort overall. So he's done his job. Yes, you can say Marco Jensen is also one of the players who can do that. But 
for him and the keeper. As I said, it's on Peterson, Van der Dersen, and Babuma. If these three even hit 50% of the runs required, if, even if they say hit 30 into 3, that's good enough. All they need is 1-1-1, one, 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 which means on average, three players need to hit around 37 to 38 runs. And that's good enough for South Africa to win, which will be a deja vu of what happened in 2006. But in 2006, we never expected a team to win in the first place. But here we had this sustained campaigning. Yes, they can win. They can win. They have a chance. The first India has never won a tournament in South Africa. The, call it campaigning, call it pressure, call it whatever the broadcasters and the pseudo-media group had in mind. If they lose, what will be the reason for losses? We'll discuss in the next uh, in details, but I wouldn't really go by that. Of course, the main reason would be numbers 3, 4, 5 not contributing despite all of them having 50s and not together, but in their own capacity because it's a game of selfishness and not selflessness. And if, if you don't contribute, it's like you haven't done anything in the sport. Unlike football, it doesn't matter if a certain player contributes or not. If the team wins, you are happy. And that's a difference, but that's something we can discuss going further. Overall, this has been a tournament of the ballers, for the ballers, by the ballers. And despite South Africa winning in the last match and a few, let's say, rookie mistakes by the bowlers, I don't think they were, but let's go with the fact that they were. This tournament has been on a knife's edge. It's a good tournament. And let's see what happens. But by, but by the time most of you would listen to this broadcast, it would be 8 or 9 p.m. And by that time, it would be game, set, match and done. So which team checkmates the other? That will depend on what kind of plans they come up with. It's a simple equation. South Africa needs 1-1-1. One, one, one. They will have around 35-30 overs in the first session. Well, 30 overs are never completed, but they will want to go around 3.5-4 runs per over, which means in 40 overs, they will want to complete it. It will be over by T because they will not go more than 3 runs per over. If they do that, it will be done in 39-40 overs. India, simple doesn't seem simple, but the baller that they need, what to do, they have to make sure that the batters make mistakes and then they get wickets. So, as I said, three players stand in between. That's Peterson, Van der Dessen, and Babuma, the three players who did the same job in the previous match along with Elgar. Now that Elgar is gone after all the controversies, I'm not disappointed with the LBW situation because he eventually got out. Yes, another 40 runs were added, but eventually the guy got out. So let's look at that. Whatever the players said on the stump microphones, I don't have any issues. I would want them to be more explicit about what they have to say. No crowds, you have to listen to this. Either get crowds or listen to the conversations between players, between players and umpires and between the players of two teams. You have to be ready to listen to this. If you cannot digest what they have to say, then mute your TVs or whatever device you're listening on. But if you want to listen to it, you have to do, you have to go with it. And if the players are frustrated, 
yes they got emotional they got carried away they are not automatons they will i'll also make errors yes but i am not saying that they shouldn't have done it what they should have done what is the ethical dilemma here there is no ethical dilemma the international cricket council has to step up the empires need to be given more potency the empires are like right now the empires remind me of what used to be a monitor in a class appointed by the teacher who used to go away and then the the monitor had to take control of the situation and he or she more often than not fell to succumb to pressure and that's what the empires are they are like monitors except giving out or if two players supposedly come close to blows which will never happen all they do is separate the two so what are the empires doing yes there's a lot of pressure but there's a pressure in every sport every sport has an empire who have more potency than cricket cricket is the only sport where empires are a toothless individual standing there merely supplying information and doing nothing more than that unable to control things if players players are injured they, they ask for equipment the empires cannot do anything because they don't have the authority to do anything so either give them more teeth or accept this and that's the way things are So this ends episode number 469 on the 14th of Jan 2021 stay tuned for the next episode and i will be back with episode number 470 on the 17th of january 2022 in the meanwhile what should you do put these books in your must read books column i repeat once again put these books in your must read books column